All right, there you go. So that's uh, that's the way by Led Zeppelin. The third album, just a little bit of an instrumental. I mean, of course, it's a lot of singing in it, but I'm not Robert Plant, am I? If I was wrong, Robert Plant, I'd probably have longer hair. Um, welcome everyone to. Just let me check. I think it's episode sixteen. Yeah, episode sixteen. Pushing Robber Podcast. Um, and uh, a good day to you all, or evening, wherever you are in the world. Um, quite a cold, wintry day. Winter never stops in Australia, in Melbourne this year. It just never stops. We're at the end of August. What is it? The 30th of August. It's bloody freezing. It's raining. It's crapping on. My cat is sitting on his seat there, curled up, trying to get some sort of warmth. People never say, it was a really great winter this year, it was really cold. You never hear that, do you? You only hear people say, it was a really great summer, it was really hot. So why are they all against global warming? Don't get it, does it? I mean, that, that these people just don't think. They're just stupid and... Stupidity never changes. They just breed and have stupid children and we have to live with them all when they get to the age of 18 and think they can start lecturing us because they've spent one semester at a university, a so-called higher learning institution, which is just another name these days for high school. Uh, Kiddies these days, you go to school from the ages of four to about 27. Sucks to be you. And you pay for the privilege. Sucks to be you. So you can go out in the workforce at 26 or 27 with 100k of debt with your journalism degree that you spent five years on at some shitty institution. You'll never get a job with it, of course. Um, and, uh, and you'll have 100k in debt. <sighs> wow. What a way to enter the workforce. Oh, what a way. What a way. Dear, oh, dear. But anyway, a um, few things happened on the blog this week. Um, probably got my best comment ever, and my apologies to all the people who regularly leave comments on the blog, um, which are you know usually really great comments, but this was kind of in a league of its own. Uh, a person who I'd never heard from before, never comment, commented on the blog before, maybe they were a first-time reader, but I, I did a post on homosexuality. And uh, you can go and read it and check it out for yourself. It's there on my blog. Um, And it got quite a bit of linkage around the place. Um, But quite a lot of hits. And um, his response was this. I'll read it for you. Your article makes so much sense and rings so true for me. I forced myself, with God's help, to reject homosexuality uh, when I was 30 years of age. I then pursued heterosexuality exclusively and three years later married a woman to whom I confessed my past on our second date. Faithfully and happily monogamous for 33 years. We are a comfortable old couple now, though I'm still working full-time because I enjoy it. Thank you. Um, I, when I wrote the post on homosexuality, I had no idea how it would be received. I never have any idea of how my posts will be received. It's a bit weird blogging because sometimes you spend a lot of time on a post a few hours at least and you get creating it and you think you've you've just written 
something that's absolutely amazing and it's going to set the internet on fire and you press publish and you're like, yeah, 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 nothing, crickets, no comments, nothing, no shares, no reposts, reblogs, nothing. And then other posts, you bash off in 15 minutes without even a thought because you just get you know worked up on something, hit publish, go to the bathroom, come back, and there's been a 1,000 hits in about 20 minutes. You're like, what the hell? You never know what's going to take off in this whole writing thing, blogging world. You just never know. But this one actually took off. Um, so I'm very, very happy about that. So that was a, uh, a really um, a great thing because I thought, I'd get, I, th- I thought I'd get a lot of hate, to be honest about it. I thought I was going to get the old, you're a hateful, homophobic, hateful, hateful person. But I didn't, which is nice. Um, saying that now, someone will probably hear this and now link it all over to the militant gay sites and I'll get all the hate. But pff, faggots, what are they going to do? Anyway, um, other things uh, that's going on. The book, Run Guts, Pull Cones, finished, done. Um, with my two um, proofreaders uh, at the moment, um, Joe and Jonathan, uh, who have between them found a bunch of little tiny errors here and there, probably about a, uh, a dozen each at this stage. Joe finished uh, his proofreading today and gave it to me, um, which is great. So I'm just waiting on the cover um from my cover guy ivan which hopefully we're going to have by the end of this week because we had to do a complete cover redesign um what's really pleasing for me this is the second book and the first book went well and was very well received so it's the second book's kind of the follow-up it's like the band's second album which you know normally goes south um but um the feedback I've had from the two people who've read it so far, and it's the only people who've read it, my editor and, and Joe, um, is that it's better than the first book, which um, is really um, good for me to hear because uh, with this book, I don't have the benefits of you know Uganda and witch doctors and crazy scenarios that everyone just loves for the sake of the scenario. This, this book has had to be pure storytelling. So um, for them... To say that, uh, I'm really, really quite thrilled about. So um, it'll be, it should, the product should be ready to go at the end of this week, but then there's still a process involved. It's This is later than I, I really wanted, um, but we had to do some rewrites uh, with my editor around certain aspects of the book, which we needed to get right, and we did. It's worth taking the time just to get it right. Also, I mean, I've learned so much since I pers- put the first book out, formatting, <laughs> Yeah, um, so now I've learned how to format things properly. Um, so I need to finish formatting this one, which isn't that hard once you know how to do it. But it means I'm going to go back and the first book, Pushing Rubber Down Hill, I'm going to reform format that as well because it's not not that great how it is. But, you know, you learn as you go. I mean, I don't have the benefit of a big publisher behind me or anything like that. Though, interestingly enough, I have been contacted by a couple of publishers in the last few weeks um, who've heard about me around the traps um, and I sent them copies of uh, of my books. So, you know, who knows? Um, I'm certainly not going to roll over and take it up the bum from them, though, to 
get it out there. I mean, I'm already getting it out there, but if they can offer something on top of that, fantastic. Um, the blog's actually going really well now too. Um, so I started the blog in October last year, and let me just go onto it now, and we can check out. Um, I'll just check out views by month. Um, so October last year, I quit my job at the end of January and went full time on this on February. So let's have a look, February, March, April, May, June, July. That's seven months of solid work. When I started the blog, I mean, December, total total visit of views um, for December, for the month of December last year was 163, which is pitiful. Um, and January bumped up to 679. Um, and because that was, I would already, in December, I only wrote five posts. In January, I wrote 11. So that bumped it up a bit. Um, for those, I mean, this is my second blog. I, I also have a video gaming blog, which I've had since 2010, which which was quite um, uh, quite successful. And the key with blogging is to be consistent, is to do it every day. That's that's. People surfing the internet want to know that if they're going to take the time to come to your site, that they're going to get rewarded every day. That's it. If you want to know how to how to raise your readership, that's the way to go. Anyway, February, March, April, May, and June, or up to May, we're kind of all hanging around four to five thousand views a month. So a huge leap from what was at one hundred and sixty-three. Um, June went okay, six and a half thousand. Then July took off. We got. 14,000 hits, and we're going to come very close to hitting 20,000 um, unique views on the site for the month of August. So from 163 to 20,000 in eight months, um, that's 20,000 in a month. Um, pretty happy with that, and my goal is to get it growing month on month. Um, and the key to that is every month I need to identify uh, another area of the internet where I, which I want to get linking back to me. So the big leap from June to July, uh, with July, um, I got um, on Robert Stacey McCain's um, weekly update of things happening around the internet. So they included me in that, which was huge. Um, what's happened in August, I began writing for XYZ magazine. Um, which has got me a lot of coverage amongst Australians because it's an Australian online magazine. So apart from posting every day, uh, my goal is that every month I need to get a new, some new capture on the internet that's feeding people to me. Um, so when I launched my first book back in this time last year, actually, it's about a year ago, almost to the day that I launched the first book, I didn't have a blog, I didn't have any of this stuff. If I'd known, I would have obviously done it all differently, but hindsight, 2020, all that sort of thing. So it'd be interesting to see how this one goes. And like I said, um, I was really, I'm really quite thrilled that both the people who've read the book so far have said it's better than the first one. Um, so that posed very well. So there you go, that's a little bit of an update, a bit of a ramble uh, on what's going on with me. Um, this episode of the blog, is going to be called, or it is called, 
by the time I put it up, it will be called. The I Love You episode. You might have seen that written there and gone, oh, what's that all about, the I Love You episode? Now, this is about the rules for when you're a guy, when to say to a girl that you love them. So I love you. I don't love you, by the way, all these people listening, unless my wife's listening, but she's not. Um, these rules are ironclad. We'll call these the Piggot I Love You rules. Let it, be, let it be said, let it be sworn in forever now, forevermore. Okay, these are the I Love You rules. They cannot be broken. If you break the I Love You rules, it is at your own considerable peril. I come to these rules from bitter, hard-fought experience. And I've made plenty of mistakes myself to get to these rules. Some mistakes that are truly dreadful when looked at them with hindsight. And I will share one of those mistakes with you um, to make you feel a bit better about your own misery surrounding this. Because I have no doubt that no matter how old you are, you could be listening to this and you're 15 years old, you can listen to this and you're 90 years old, you've all made the I love you fuck-ups. It's just, and this is because men are the emotional, feely ones, and, and women are the hard, hard-nosed realists amongst us. It's it's portrayed as the opposite, but the actual fact is that the men are quite the, the romantic sort of you know give yourself over blah blah blah. Seventy seventy percent of divorces initiated by women. Who who are the hard-nosed, steely ones here? I ask you. They're the ones willing to give up first, by the sound of it. So, by the way, drink. I'm just drinking some coffee. It's Tuesday. It's early afternoon. I'm just drinking some coffee. No cigar this episode either. All right. So, uh, and to find out about coffee, you can, last week I put up in my Traits of the Modern Man, how to make a decent coffee. All right. Remember that every every Sunday... From now on, I'm doing um, not habits of sorry habits of the modern man, not trades. Um, and these are kind of, kind of things that habits you need to get into. The first one was how to make a decent cup of coffee, which most people don't know how to do. And this week, I did how to mix a drink. So every Sunday, jump on the blog, and I'll have something there. It might be to do with I mean, the first two have been around beverages for some reason. I've got beverages on the brain, but we'll, we'll talk about lots of aspects of you know maybe how to tie a tie, um, how to pick out a pair of shoes. Um, how to hammer and a nail, I don't know, whatever comes to mind for me. Just useful little stuff that blokes need to know. Anyway, pigots, ironclad, I love you rules. Here's the first one. Okay, remember, you can't break these. If you break them, it's on your own head. To your misery be it. Rule number one. You must never say I love you first. Now, this should be obvious. I mean, this should be this should be so obvious. It's not funny, but we've we've all done it, haven't we? We've all said, "I love you first. Yeah, no, absolutely not. The first person to say, "I love you," every single time without fail, has to be the girl. Has to be. Why? Because it just does. Remember Rollo's iron rules of relationship. Iron rule of relationship. 
in a relationship, there's always a power dynamic and one person at any time has more power than the other. This can shift over the course of a relationship. Don't start your relationship off on the wrong foot. If you say, I loved you to the girl first, you're telling her that you need her more than she needs you. And for girls, that's not attractive. That's not attractive at all. So the, the power dynamic is wrong right from the outset. Okay? So, first iron rule. Don't say I love you before she does. Second iron rule. When she does say for the first time that she loves you, there'll be this pregnant pause and she'll look at you with that look in her eye of, and uh, it's going to be going like, and uh, she won't say this, but the look will be like, are you going to say it too? Are you going to reciprocate the I love you thing? Do not say I love you at this moment. Because that's a pressure I love you. She's, if she can pressure you into declaring your love for her, well, that's going to tell her that she can pressure you into just about doing anything. Correct responses to the first I love you are, that's great, babe. I really dig you too. Could you get me another beer? My personal favourite. Um, all sorts of things. Uh-huh. That's a good one. You said it. Yeah, sweet. Pass me the remote. Just stuff like that. Um, are you done yet? That'd be a good one too. This won't go down well. That's okay. You're not going to get in a big fight about it. Just look at it calmly and say, you've declared your love for me. That's great. Great. Let's leave it at that for now. Let's just leave it at that. And leave it at that. So they're the first two rules. One, you don't say it first. Two, when she says it, you don't say it in that moment. So now you're probably wondering to yourself, okay, Adam, so when do I say it? Well, kiddies, it's a very good question. Let's get to the third iron rule of saying I love you for the first time. This is for the first time, obviously. Obviously, once you've broken the ice, you can just say, pass me the salt, I love you. Uh, could you just hold the door, I love you. Uh, good night, I love you. Good morning, I love you. We're out of, uh, can you get me some toilet paper? I love you. But the first time, the first time, this is what the rules are for. So, rule number three, when can you say, I love you for the first time? It's better not to say, I love you. This is, this is assuming, of course, that you love her, but I'll get to this. Because what does love mean? It's better not to say, I love you, before the first three months that you are together are up. And by together, I mean um, doing the dirty, bumping uglies, playing hide the sausage, making the bees with two backs, rumpy pumpy. Yeah, best to leave it for a minimum of 12 weeks, preferably 16. Now, the reason for this is that no matter how old you are, for that first 
flush of new um, sex where it's even, even though it's sex and you've probably done this many times before in your life it's with a different person so it's new and it's exciting and it's an adventure and you have the whatever the endorphins or whatever hormones gets released uh, you're not actually thinking with your brain you're thinking with the other brain which is the little brain uh, and so it's really, really easy to confuse uh, love for what is actually lust that you're feeling here. And it's possible during this phase. I mean, you're bonking like rabbits. You're just doing it all the time, three, four times a day. You're ripping each other's clothes off before you're halfway in the door. Uh, and this is what it should be, by the way. If it's not that, then something wrong. But after about... 12 to 16 weeks, three to four months. This this will start to peter out a little bit. Okay. At the point, and only beginning at the point where it begins to peter out, this is when you can objectively, with some chance, now objectively view what you have here through the prism of do I love her or don't I love her? Even then, you're probably not going to be thinking clearly. Just to keep that in mind. So rule number one, don't say it first. Rule number two, when she says it, but God's sake, don't say it. Uh, Rule number three, try and wait 12, 16 weeks talking about Let's say that she says it within the first three weeks of your relationships. And three to four weeks is about the max that girls can hold out. I've found. Um, That gives you another good... Let's say she said I love you on the third week. That gives you a good another nine to 12 weeks here as a barrier. Before you say it, if you're going to say it. This, of course, will drive her um, slightly more batshit insane than she probably already is. Um, Because remember, the the hot crazy matrix, all girls start at a craziness of four out of ten. Zero doesn't exist. Um, And this is good because we also get to what uh, the personality bias in an early part of a relationship that a girl does. Because the vast majority of women, or most women uh, that I find, in the first two to three months of a relationship, they, they put on their pretend face. They're putting on a picture of what they want you to believe they are. Which is amazing when you consider it. I mean, I mean it's very... <laughs> I mean, you know, you want to put on a good aspect for the person... But it's it's pretty it's pretty deceitful when you think about it. But also, I mean, if they were rational creatures, logical, you could look at it and go, well, if you have to do this to attract a person, what does it say about who you are? Me, for myself, of course, on the first day of a relationship is what the same as you'll get on the very last day of the relationship. This is this is it, baby. There's no false advertising here. And boys, that's the best way to be. Don't go in pretending that you're something. Not, I mean, A, it's exhausting. B, why? 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 You can't be that that hard up, surely. 
It's just, well, I suppose you could, but oh, just just don't do it. So, girls, maximum two to three months of them keeping up a facade or whatever they're pretending to be in a relationship, and then and then it'll slip, and the real person is coming out, and that's what you want because look, the real person coming out might be great. It's just a little tiny step down maybe of what you've been getting, and that's perfectly acceptable a lot of the time. Uh, and then what will happen is normally the shit test. The first shit test will come and you need to pass those shit tests. You must pass the shit tests. If you don't pass the shit tests, it just um, amplifies, amplifies and gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse, like exponentially until your life is a misery. Um, but not reciprocating the I love you within that first three months um, will accelerate this process. So you'll be getting to who the real person is much, much faster um, because they know that you're not mucking around. And this is another a fantastic um, benefit bonus of not falling into the I love you trap. Falling into the I love you trap basically says to a girl that she's got you and that you're hers. The next thing a girl will do is then wonder why you've said that. She'll think to herself, does he really mean it or is he saying it just to make me happy? Yeah, could be. Um, Or, and or, and slash or, she'll be thinking, does this mean that he hasn't got any options? Why is he he declaring his love to me so fast? uh, Am I the only option that he's got? And girls want someone that other girls want. They want something... Like oh, children, you know, you can give the children, here's your little toy and give them the toy and then you pick up a different toy and play with it and then, oh, 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 what that toy? Oh, what that one? Ah! But I just gave you the toy. Oh, okay, so you give them that toy and they're happy and you take the other toy back. Oh, oh, oh. I have both toys, I'll get my third toy. Oh, what that toy? Yeah? So g- girls, girls want to know that, that they've got a man who's got options. And if you declare your love to them like that, well, that's that's a big communication. That's a big tell for them that maybe they're all you've got. And then they start looking at themselves and going, what's wrong with me if I'm the only one he can get? Why can't he get those other girls, but he can get me? Does that mean that my standards are low? Which is sometimes not an unreasonable way of looking at it. I'm not saying that girls are wrong in looking at it like this. I'm just telling you how they think. So let's go over the rules again. One, don't say it first. Two, uh, when she says it first time, don't reciprocate. Three, wait, try and wait a good three to four months uh, into a relationship um, before you say it. And you'd only say it after, of course, that the... That, that, real person coming out phase, the shit test phase and all of that sort of stuff, that's gone uh, correctly or to your um, satisfaction and you're happy with how things have gone in that regards. Very, very important. Um, Then and only then are you allowed to say, um, I love you. And you don't do it over a bloody romantic candlelight dinner. You don't do it when you've taken her away for a weekend and you're walking down a lonely beach in the winter with the, the, the waves crashing in and the windswept sand, blah, 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 blah. You just do it. You just do it something casually. Oh, yeah, I love you too. 
and you don't make a big deal of it. So that's the final law, I'd say. When you do say it for the first time, don't make a big song and dance about it, you loser. Right? Yeah, I love you too. Yeah. And she'll be like, ah, and you just go, what? 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 Oh, that? Yeah, oh, yeah, I love you. How long have you loved me for? Oh, what's the time? Um, no, ah, uh, oh. Baby, does it matter? Does it really matter? Oh, it matters to me. Well, I mean, uh, uh, do you want to go and get a beer? But we said we get a beer. I love you. I'll be. I'm thirsty. We should do that. That's how it works. Now, I said to you at the start of this podcast that I myself have made many mistakes in the I love you uh, battlefields of my personal relationships. But none more so than the one I'm going to tell you about now. And look, if you're reading blogs like mine or you know other writers in the manosphere, people who are really experienced, um, much more experienced than me, um, like Rollo and um, Black Dragon and those sort of guys, you can it can get a little bit disconcerting because you're like, wow, you know, you look at them going, oh my god, you know, I mean, all these mistakes that I've made, everything I've been doing is so wrong. But trust me, these guys, and they admit it themselves, these guys come from a huge background of mistakes. I mean, we're all around the same age. I think Rollo and I are exactly the same age. We're both 45. I think Black Dragon's in his uh, late 30s. Uh, a lot of other guys in the manosphere who are writing good, concise stuff. Um, back when we were in our late teens and early 20s, we didn't have this sort of... It wasn't around. This This information was not there. So it's gold. I've had... I've had friends of mine who've listened to my podcasts and read my writings on the blog and come up to me and go man if only we'd had this when we were 18 and i'm like yeah brother yeah brother Hmm? what were our fathers thinking what were our fathers thinking um but positive masculine influences it's hard to find it's hard to find today it was hard to find back then i was going to say one thing Actually, I'm just going to go tangent off topic. Don't worry, I'll go back to what I was going to talk about then. I won't forget. One of the main reasons, if you listen to this, why you need to man up is so you can be a positive masculine influence on your sons and your daughters as well. It's one of the main reasons. I, I can't think how many men I've met who said, who, who don't come out and say this, but after a few drinks or whatever, eventually comes out their father wasn't a positive masculine influence. They've had to spend his time getting over all the disadvantages, never got taught how to fight, never got taught about girls, never got taught how to dress, never even got taught how to shave, anything at all. Deodorant, for God's sake. Um, and I, hear this, I read this all the time on, online these days when guy, young guys making the same sort of comments. Look, you need to man up for the simple reason, let's not have another generation coming through that are so handicapped with regards to all this sort of stuff. You need to man up for your sons. And you need to man up for your daughters. I mean, Vox Day on um, Alpha Game Plan today. Let me get it up here. Let me get it up. Um, This link's all on my blog. So he's got a post up today about uh, a teenager who vanished in South Carolina back in 2009, was apparently repeatedly raped in a gang stash house for several days. Then she was shot dead and fed to alligators 
when her disappearance generated too much media attention. It's only just come to light now. Um, I, I have no doubt that the parents are... I mean, it's seven years ago, but you've got to be a positive masculine influence for your girls as well. What was she doing in a gang house? What, what the hell's going on there? You know, a teenage girl. Uh, it's absolutely ridiculous. So you, you need to man up, fellas. So go to my blog, Top Bar, 28 Traits of the Modern Day Man. My next book is going to be on this subject. I'm going to write a book about masculinity. That's what the next book. It's not going to be another memoir, Adventures of Adam, Fear and Loathing, Las Vegas style. Okay, this is it's going to be different. But to start off with, you need to man up so you can be a positive masculine influence. And this, I love you stuff. What I'm telling you now, you should be having, if, if, if you've got young sons or sons coming up into their soon teenage years, you need to be having this conversation. Because what, what are you expecting? They're magically going to find it out? Well, we eventually found it out after a lot of heartache. Now, so, my worst ever I love you uh, moment, and this is bad, but like I said, in sharing my abject failures with you, I give you uh, hope that someone who was so pitiful, in this case, moi, did manage to get his shit together. So... If I can recover from this to what I can become today, you can recover from wherever you are, within reason, of course, to what you can become today. Right, or tomorrow, or whatever. So, here we go. Worst ever I love you moment from Adam. Um, the worst ever I love you moment from me, in other words, the time it took me to say I love you to a girl after meeting her was probably about 90 minutes. 90 minutes. Let that sink in. Um, factors in my favour <laughs> to kind of back me up on this. One, I was pretty young, really 20s, but still not much of an excuse. Two, I was pretty drunk and wasted. And she was not, so she took advantage of me. Um, three, she was probably about an 8.5, an 8.5, being very neutral on this. This is not about bragging rights. I'd say, yeah, easily an 8.5. Um, so I picked her up in a bar. Uh, this is back in my rafting days in Cairns in Australia. Uh, and go back to my place and we were doing the naughty and I said to her, I love you, while we were doing the naughty. And man, this was the moment in my life that I learnt the lesson. Because at, up to that point, she was not only a willing a willing partner in what we were doing. In fact, she was probably the driving force in what we were doing. Um, she was totally into me. And as soon as I said that, bang. I just saw it in her eyes, a complete... And she was out of there within 10 minutes, got a taxi left. And you have to understand that um, when I picked her up, um, it was a very unusual scene because we took about 40 uh, of these girls rafting. They're probably around the ages of 19, I think. And they're all part of a big uh, university sporting team. 
who are on holiday or going on tour or something. And um, and I went to the bar and that night we organised to meet up. I gave them all on the bus, gave them all tickets and said, come out, blah, blah, blah. And all the other rafting guides were like, we're all going to be down there. And I was at a different party. I was at a friend's party or kind of like a party, a gathering on, a, on his yacht. And I was looking at my watch going, oh, I need to go to this bar because I said these girls were going to be down there and I should get down. So I went down there, got to the bar, went upstairs, looked around, a few people, blah, blah, blah. None of the other guides were there. And in fact, no other guides turned up. I was the only guide who turned up. And I'm at the bar, I'm talking to the bartender, who I knew. And I hear this, Adam. And I turn around. And of the 40, 45 girls, probably about 30 had turned up. Uh, and to cut a long story short, I, I was at the bar. Um, so I'm counting 90 minutes from this moment in the bar. And the bar filled up really quick. There was a big night. And all these girls were dancing on the tables, on these bench tables. And I was dancing on the top of the table. And I had 30 girls around me that wanted to dance with me because I was their river guide from that day. And I had all these other guys. So there was like, imagine a, imagine a long bench table, me standing on the table, 30 girls around me standing on the table and standing on the, on the, on the seat, so a bit lower down, but 30 around me. And then around that, around the periphery, a whole bunch of dudes, you know, like 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 sharks waiting around there trying to pick them off, and and the girls were blanking all of these guys to the point that they were just like the girls just wanted to dance with me. They just wanted my attention. It was the most bizarre situation, female wise. I think of one of the most bizarre situations I've ever been. It was purely because of what I represented. It wasn't about big studly Adam. If another rafting guide. From the day it turned up, there would have been two of us, and it would have been just the same. And three, there were there were like eight or nine rafting guys that day. But like I said, I was the only one who showed. And when I recounted the story to the guys the next day, they were kicking themselves. Um, but you can get lazy. You can get lazy. And oh, anyway, all these guys on the outside. One of them, one of the guys grabs me at one point, and he, and he and he and I lean down to him. He just looks at me. He goes, "Who are you?" I went, "What?" He goes, "Who are you?" And I was like, oh, "Just." I took him rafting today, man. And he was just like shaking his head. Anyway, I narrowed it down to two girls. The one I actually took home and the other one. And they were both smoking. Uh, and eventually I leaned over to this girl and I said, all right, go downstairs. In three minutes I'll meet you at the front, blah, 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 blah. Cut her away from the group. And she was... She was so into it. And this, this, is the, this is the whole point. There's been a point to this. This hasn't been a, like a humble brag or anything like that for no reason. The point was that I chose her out of about 30 other girls, and I could have had any one of those girls at that time because of the unique circumstances. Okay? So I was a guy who had multiple options that night, and she knew it. She absolutely knew it. Okay? Okay? 40 minutes later, when I dropped the I love you bomb, like a drunken young imbecile that I was, that completely wiped out all of the hand that I had from being a guy with 30 fucking options. I mean, I could have gone back to the bar and, and, tr- and done it again. But saying I love you so stupidly wiped all that out gone absolutely gone it's an absolute killer boys and if that if that example doesn't seal it for you well i don't know nothing nothing can and i 
did I never make the same mistake? Did I never? Make, I don't think no. I didn't make the same mistake again. I don't think after that. Well, certainly not to that degree. I don't think there was a complete shift where I got my. I, in fact, it definitely wasn't a complete shift where I got my own rules down. But I, I realised that I'd made a dreadful mistake, and I started to understand the power balance. And that's what I love you is all about. It's a power balance. It all goes back to that Rollo iron rule of relationships. Which person has more power in the relationship at any one time than the other? And this girl and I didn't even have a relationship. I think she was leaving the next day, which is about perfect. Ten minutes, man, she was gone. And it was the ten minutes to wait for the cab. It's a pretty awkward ten minutes, I can tell you that right now. Okay. Shout-outs. Aaron Cleary. Captain Capitalism. Um... He's been a big supporter of mine uh, from the start of my blog uh, and my podcast, linking to me. Um, And he has a new book out now called Reconnaissance Man. So if you're you're under the age of 35, I'd say you really need to check that book out because I really think that he's he's, um, breaking down kind of the same sort of life um, path that, that I've had. And um, very, very good book to check out, I think. So you can check him out at captaincapitalismblogspot.com and Arsehole Consulting. And, of course, Aaron has his own podcast, which is excellent as well. Um, I'm going to include some links on this back on my blog. I I used to do, like, weekly links around the internet sort of thing, but that's kind of fallen by the wayside because I, I like doing a decent post every day. But on Wednesdays when I post this podcast... The podcast is generally it. So I'll do the podcast plus links to interesting stuff around the internet that have caught my eye and my little comments on it, which um, I have found some interesting stuff this week. So if you've come to this from SoundCloud, just hit the um, the button on the right-hand side there, go to my blog and check out any links that I've got with this one as well. Um, my blog, pushingrubberdownhill.com, my first book, Pushing Rubber Downhill, which charts my um, epic journey from clueless beta male to less clueless getting to an alpha I suppose um, through whitewater rafting around the world in Canada and Australia and Africa and Italy and all those sort of places Uh, it's a great read check it out you can get it on um, paperback Kindle and audiobook read by David Serini and if you don't want to wait for Amazon to deliver to you on a paperback uh, go into any bookshop around the world give them the title give them my name they can order it it's amazing because I was speaking to someone um if you order it through Amazon in Australia, it takes around six weeks, apparently, six to eight weeks. But if you go to a bookshop and order it, it takes like four days. So I don't know what's going on there, but there you go. Um, and my next book, which is coming out, when is it coming out? Oh, yeah. So I'll finish off with this. So cover this week, proofreading's just about done, um, and formatting. Then I have to put it up onto Amazon, up to create space. And they have to accept it. And then they send me a proof copy. I've got my proof copy here of my first book. I have a look at that, make sure I'm happy with it, uh, make sure the cover fits with a number of pages because the width of the cover spine has to be with a number of pages you have in the book and that sort of thing. Uh, make sure that the formatting is all correct and it's laid out the way I want it. Then I give them the go. So that process can take depending how quick the proof copy gets to me, I, I pay for Express Post. Um, 
but it can still take a little bit of time. So it looks like the beginning of September, probably the first 10 days of September at this stage. We'll have it out. Um, so there you go. There's Adam's Iron Rules of I Love You. I hope that they uh, help you out in your miserable romantic endeavours. And um, you all have a good week. Be safe. And I'll see you next week. Be good kitties. <laughs>